a Highline podcast. Think of a card. Oh, no. <laughs> Th- think of it in your head right now. Think of it. Okay. You have I it? Think, do you I have it? I do have it, yes. Do you have it right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. I'm not looking. Wait, 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 wait. Nine of diamonds. No. No. Dang it. I've, oh, dang yeah. it. Okay, I've done that twice, and it is the most impressive thing no when you get it right. No way you have. No <laughs> way <Yeah>. you have. <laughs> I totally have. This is Ravel, a roundtable show about the complexity of faith in the age of information. My name's Josh. I'm Stephen. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of American Christianity, and we still keep thinking about how to take it seriously, even as we leave some beliefs behind. We think theology should be an exploratory dialogue, so our hope is that this podcast will encourage growth, both for individuals and communities. We don't have all the answers. But we're here to sort out as much as we can over a drink or two. Join us as we ravel out our faith in a complex world, pulling on one thread at a time, seeking meaning at the end of it all. Thanks for listening. Good evening. Welcome, everyone. Hi. It is evening for us. Who knows the listeners, Ty? They they might be driving to work. They might be on a treadmill or... It could be morning, yeah. Who knows? What are the cool kids doing at Pelotons? Yeah, happy happy Friday, Thursday, Saturday, and midnight to everyone. Yes. <laughs> or if you're a diehard fan, it is Wednesday morning because we post Wednesdays. But anyway, good evening. Mm, yes, that is true. Don't feel guilty if you don't listen Wednesday mornings. We did a whole episode about that, so, you know. Um, what are you guys drinking nice. this week? Nice. What you got? I am closing out October once again with the Red Lodge Ales Oktoberfest lager and oh uh, my it is hitting the spot today what about you Uh, emily i'm drinking a classic emily beverage uh british blend oh i was right yes drinking tea i'm feeling feeling tea right now so i i found in my fridge this is the first taste i'm having of it i don't know how this is going to taste uh it's a dark star Imperial Oatmeal Stout from Fremont Brewing here in Seattle. I've had Ooh, this beer. Right. Oh, it. I want to know your thoughts. Oh, that is good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude, it's so. That good. is exactly what I wanted today. Holy crap! <laughs> oh, Let me take good. another. I have actually had this beer. I'm so happy you're experiencing it, Josh. You know, like when a good stout kind of tastes like Coca Cola, just a little bit because it's like dark and like. Yes, it has that cola flavor. Yes, oh. it's yep. Yep. But it's like a yep. grainy cola. Oh, it's so Oh, that is good. Oh. Uh, mm. Very oh, that that just makes me happy. I'm going to get hate from uh uh Oh my gosh, what is his name? I'm I feel so bad. Jeff? Jeff. Oh, I was going to say Gary, but then I was thinking no, that's the Zodiac killer. That's not him. Oh yeah, we found him. Jeff. I'm going to get hate from Jeff over this. Jeff is not the Zodiac killer. I'm going to get hate that. from Jeff uh about saying this, but I think this might be Everything I want Guinness to be. Oh, Ooh, wow. Those are fighting uh, words. You know, though. It's really good. <laughs> Jeff lives so close to where Guinness comes from. I bet he still has something on you. He can go to the source, right? Yeah, he might. I Yeah, that's true. I think that's that right. is true. Maybe it's better in Ireland. You guys so. have your I'm Halloween guess, yeah. candy ready? What's your favorite candy? Just real rapid fire. I want to know your favorite candy. <gasps> Reese's. Okay. Josh? Uh-uh. I'm freezing. Or Sour Patch Kids. I lied. Reese's or Sour Patch Kids. Uh, I don't know. Maybe just like a really good chocolate. 
a really Chocolate's great. good chocolate. Nice. But like mass market candy, I don't know. I'm not super into the sweets. Yeah, not appar- apparently not. I am enjoying sweet tarts lately. Mm. Either Ooh, that or gobstoppers. Gobstoppers mm-hmm. are my road trip candy because, yeah, the mini jawbreaker oh. thing. Mm. That's a choice of uh, road trip Happy candy. Halloween, friends. Uh, I'm, Steven, I'm glad that you brought up Halloween because it's crazy to me that it's like basically Halloween. And this is Halloween. I thought ahead a little Halloween. bit. Nice. Just a smidge about what I wanted to talk about. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but in middle school, I uh, I did dive in a little bit into learning magic. <laughs> okay. Um, I have Josh, I've done some dabbling Josh, in my time. Magician. Yeah, we're talking about like the real deal here, like card tricks and and rope tricks, <gasps> and I know a couple mentalism tricks. Oh, wow. I could. Uh, you know, I should when we start doing bonus episodes, maybe I'll do a. A card trick on the podcast because oh, I can do yeah. one. Wait, um, yeah. you did this to me and Dixie when you came over to make no normal people. We took a break and you oh, yeah. did a magic trick on me. That was, I forgot <laughs> about that until now. I'm so jealous. Aww. That would be a fun bonus episode. I think we should talk about magic. Yes. I'm not talking like just the card tricks, but like, um, here's kind of where I'm coming from. So let me see if this uh, spurs any conversation. The Bible does not, wait a minute, hold on, I'm not going to say that. The Bible does give some warnings against, like, magic and, like, experimenting with, like, supernaturally things. Like, there's some warnings in the law about, like, necromancy, I believe, and some light wizardry, perhaps. But then also, King Saul uses a medium to, quote-unquote, like, conjure up the prophet Samuel. And it seems to work, as far as we can tell. Mm. Like, if you believe the Bible is inerrant, it says that they conjured Samuel. Yeah. Um, So there's, like, some stuff in there. And then I'm thinking, like, this is, like, kind of based off of my own personal context about, like, uh, growing up in some flavors of church that are a little bit more charismatic and Pentecostal. Um, There are huge swaths of Christianity that totally, 100% believe in a, the supernatural, and B, that we can also be supernatural in some shape and form. Mm. Whether that means like affecting the supernatural or, and it's interesting, like I feel like a lot of people talk about it in a way that like is divorced from angels and demons, even though some people include those sometimes. Mm-hmm. But often, I, like I've heard people talk about like the supernatural and like you can do supernatural healing like through your, like just like not involved with like spiritual warfare. And I think that's so fascinating. Like, I'm not really sure, like, exactly how to word how I feel about Christians and magic type things and also Christians' opinions about magic type things. Like, I'm also thinking about, uh, like, how a lot of conservative theological types are also very vehemently opposed to, like, any sort of New Age practice-y astrology, tarot Mm. reading kind of stuff. But then, for, like, for just as many people as there are who have those opinions, there's, like, just as many, if not more, Christians who are definitely interested in the supernatural from a Christian perspective. So, I'm not really sure where to go with this, but I would just love both of your thoughts on this. Because there's just, like, so much going on in relation with Christians and magic. Like, however you define it. Yeah. Or the other one I'm thinking of, uh, this also came to mind just now, is that a certain podcast um, a year or two ago 
had a certain someone on who claimed to be a Christian sex witch and was like talking about like Christian sex magic and like uh, manifesting things through your spirituality and how that relates to your sexuality, which like that podcast got a lot of flack over from any Christians who were like following that podcast still. But then I think that there's also like even some amount of Christians who like participate in some spiritual practices that are seen as new agey. Mm-hmm. Whether that means like kind of being interested in astrology or like stuff like that, I yeah. guess. I don't know. Like, you kind of see what I'm saying? Like, there's just like so many different like directions. And I don't feel like there is a universal Christian perspective on magic. Right. Yeah. I, I like candles and draw an Enneagram on my floor anytime I'm ready to pray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, I love this. Um, we're. Any of our parents, the type of parents who were like, no Harry Potter in this house? Yes. 100%. Um, 100% no. Yeah. Yeah. That's Steven, fascinating. You've, Steven, you've met my mother. Absolutely. I have. I, and I'm on Emily's side on this one. My parents, like, I feel like had a very clear eyed vision when those books started coming out. Like my dad read the first one to see what the hype was. And he's like, this book is so good that I'm going to read it with my kids. And then we did. And then we were a big Harry Potter household and it was great. And I remember like going to church and other families saying like, oh, well, that's that's witchcraft. You shouldn't invite that in your house because that's like opening a door to the demonic realm into your home or whatever. And my dad was like, it's a children's book and it's fun and it has (laughs) a message. So can we calm down a bit? Yeah. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Yes. This is how big into Harry Potter my family is, Josh, just so you're aware. Um, My mother, for Halloween, would dress up as Harry Potter. We would go to the movie premieres dressed as Harry Potter characters. And we converted my sister's old bedroom, because she's a grown adult and has moved out of the house and has a family of her own. We converted her bedroom to be the guest bedroom, and it's Harry Potter themed. No joke. Like, Mm. painted memorabilia you name it classic we are obsessed with harry potter yeah yeah yes classic shelton yep what about the fun josh were you allowed to read or watch lord of the rings uh totally and i feel like this is a common experience among uh, based off of like what i've seen and read on the internet i feel like it's a common experience of uh kids whose parents were christians and like did not allow them to watch harry potter they were often okay with tolkien and lewis Yep. Yes. Like yep. Christians are usually okay with quote unquote magic if it's like God related magic, like whether it's like charismatic supernaturalism and like faith healing or it's uh, like a Christian narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which in my mind, either you, I think this is my biggest frustration. So I'm just going to like say it out of the gate. Get it. I think my biggest frustration is either you don't think magic is real. And it's just like a sham put on by Satan. Or you believe that it is real and has actual power and therefore only God's is good, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like I it can't I don't see how it can be both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because ravel out with me the whole story of Moses and Aaron performing all the the miracles and plagues or whatever. And it's like right. nine of the 10 that the Egyptian magicians can recreate. Yep. Why don't we talk about that? Which begs the question, like, were they just illusions? Right. 
Like, was it was it actual frogs that Jesus or wow, Jesus? I mean, maybe Jesus, theophany and whatnot. But <laughs> um, was it like an actual plague of frogs that Moses and Aaron called from God and then just like fake frogs from the oh. magicians or like, I don't know. I because, yeah, they were able to replicate everything except the last one. Right. Yeah. Right. Which. OK, so that's a really good point. Part of me with this story is always like. What a clever way of getting the Egyptians to like call plagues on themselves. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'll go halfway. You complete the plague. That's funny. <laughs> but then, but oh, you, that's funny. Right? That's kind of what they were doing. Basically, that's very weird. But then, Interesting. yeah, you can't recreate killing the firstborn because the firstborn is already dead. Secondborn? I don't know. Would you want to do I, I don't, it's very. I don't feel like that was ever talked about when that story was preached on when I was growing up. Like, we weren't talking about the fact that the Egyptian magicians had power, right? But just not the good versions. Mm. So here's my other, like, thing that I'd like to point out early on is that Christians who present day believe that they can do signs and wonders. And I'm speaking as someone who, like, previously believed that. Like that we should, quote unquote, have the authority to raise people from the dead and like Mm -hmm. everything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't hear many people explicitly talk about like how they believe that those things are happening, whether or not they believe that like they believe it so strongly that God will just do it for them. And it Mm -hmm. like God causes a miracle or if they believe that they themselves straight up have the authority to just make the thing happen of their own accord. Sure. And like, the, it's just like, it just usually goes without explanation. Like, I've never heard anyone ever dig into it. And I've like listened to like many of the prominent teachers in that movement before. You know, one thing that I've always been kind of bothered with in regards to magic and, and witchcraft, and maybe this is me being very picky, but I don't see magic and witchcraft actually being the same thing. Like, Josh, you were just explaining, mm. like, you dabble with magic you know like card tricks and and all these other things like i don't consider that to be witchcraft they're illusions michael because you're not actually like tricks are something a whore does for money (laughs) you're not tying your allegiance to satan right like when i think of like the show salem on netflix great show by the way if you haven't watched it you totally should it is awesome but like when i think of magic in that sense i think of witchcraft like these were Mm. people who sold their souls to satan and like now have these abilities to you know work with nature and they have like these um i forgot what the name of it is but it's basically like an animal that oh a familiar a familiar yes thank you i know because i've uh read harry potter i was gonna say do you have a familiar (laughs) (laughs) maybe you really do practice witchcraft and you just said it's magic but do you get what I mean? Because, you know, like, if a little kid was to come up to you and be like, hey, I know a magic trick, I never, and maybe my family just never allowed me Witchcraft. to be around these people, but I but I never, like, had someone come up to me if I said, like, hey, I know a magic trick, and then they, like, slapped me across the face, and they're like, oh, do not dabble in witchcraft. You know, they'd be like, oh, cool, like, show me this trick. Mm-hmm. But if we were to talk about Harry Potter, like, reading it or watching the movies or whatever, then it was like, all of a sudden... You know, we're dabbling in in something dark and evil. Like, why is that the case? Like, even in Harry Potter, they're not selling, well, Voldemort, I guess, 
was dabbling in the dark arts, but like Harry and Hermione and all of them didn't sell their soul to Satan in order for them to be witches and wizards. Well, I think that that's kind of like what I'm trying to get at with like, either you believe that they're real and you just shouldn't do them, or you believe that they're just a sham and they're just like people doing illusions. Like if you don't think that magic actually quote unquote exists and like has real power in the world, then the only other view available is like, those are illusions somehow, like whatever it is mm-hmm. or confirmation bias or like whatever, like you thought you were healed or something. Right. You thought the potion worked. Stephen, I... what do you think about magic? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I cast lots every week when I play Dungeons and Dragons. So <laughs> um... does the Bible say that's magic? <laughs> what? Casting lots? Of... What is it? I don't know. <laughs> Playing D and D. Um, I mean, oh my gosh, there's, there's a logical, uh, mm, I'm thinking of that. What was that thing that John Piper just said? Like role play. It's probably something super fun. Role playing sex is sin because it's fan fantasizing. Like fantastical sin is still sin kind of thing. Like, am I engaging in the sin of witchcraft by pretending to cast a witch as my 20th level bard warlock? Emily, you didn't see my tweet reply to that. I replied to him and said, fantasy football is football. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. (sighs) Josh goes hard on Twitter, man. So good. Right. But that's that's kind of my point is like either you believe it's just like a fake reality or you believe it has real, real power and you just shouldn't do it. Okay, so, yeah, here's the thing is, let's say you do believe it has real power. Then, yeah, you just don't do it. And then, and like, and then what? Like, is it really that bothersome if it does exist? Well, I think the implications would be like kind of wild if it did exist. Like, I it, guess it would depend on like what exactly we're highlighting. But like, if you actually think there's a reality in which that you can like foretell the future as it's exactly going to happen in your personal life, or you can conjure up someone from the dead, or you can like affect someone else's life remotely, like like voodoo kind of stuff like those implications are pretty serious but on the flip side don't you think the argument could be made for people who are against christianity because they see it as magic like we believe in a god that can like do all these things and perform all these miracles like and we have prophets that can foresee the future yeah so really we shouldn't be all that baffled i think if someone disagrees with christianity for those reasons i think that they most likely i don't want to like speak too generally for everyone but i think they would most likely just believe that christianity is false and like doesn't have that power not that it has that power and should be avoided you know do you know what i'm saying Mm, yeah i see what you're saying good point that's i don't know that's kind of what I'm thinking about. So, but okay. So, so let's let's stay on that track then for a while, because you know we need to we need to raffle things out. So let's do that. If someone was to come up and be like, "Well, your religion is is false because of magic or whatever the case may be," like, where would our argument hold firm? Because in that sense, like Stephen's right. Like we we had prophets that would prophesy and you know, foretell the future in a sense. And Jesus performing these miracles, like walking on water and turning water into wine. Like those are basically kind of like magic tricks. If you think about it, like what would be, what would be the difference? And if we say, well, it's because God did it, people 
on the other side could just be like, ah, oh, you know, bah humbug or it's like, so what? You know, your God does magic. What do we do with that? Like, where do we actually, where do we define the difference between divine work and magic if magic is bad and if magic is real? Mm. That's a really good point. Dang, the miracles and stuff. Because that reminds me of the way that Thomas Jefferson famously edited out all the miracle scenes because he didn't think they were reasonable. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like Jesus took dirt and spit it in it and made mud and then boom, this guy can see. Come Mm. on. Well, if you believe in it. Does that not scream magic? Well, I mean, but to me that begs the question of like, is there a difference between like quote unquote common magic that like anyone could encounter versus like a divine creator interacting within God's own creation that God has some semblance of control or like creation, creative ability over Mm. like maybe Jesus being fully divine was like creatively shaping someone's eyes or something. Like I've heard pastors talk about that as a possibility. Okay. The reality is, is like, we don't know. Right. What about the apostles? But but did they magic (laughs) the miracles? I mean, um, (laughs) in the book of acts, Oh, mm. see, well, okay. If it's a question of like, well, it's a divine person doing the miracles, so we'll give him a pass. But now it's like Peter performing healing or, mm-hmm. you know, the jail bars are miraculously shattered when Paul and Silas are singing worship tunes in Philippi. Or like raising, raising Dorcas from the dead. Dorcas is a classic Bible name that we don't talk enough about. <laughs> Yes, I love Dorcas. Classic. All these so, things. But, I mean, or Peter, all these things. Peter putting the people to sleep, killing those people for not tithing or whatever. Those, yeah, you so know, like, those. What was the difference? <laughs> what are those? What's, what's the difference between a miracle and magic then? Like, is it just the words itself? I don't know. Like, it, it, you have to ask. You have to ask these kinds of questions. Because I'm sure if I was someone who was exploring Christianity, like for the very first time, and someone was trying to evangelize to me to be like, oh, yeah, look at all these great things about Christianity. And then I'd be like, yeah, but. This is weird. Magic. This is weird. Like, really? Really? This is far-fetched. I'm kind of seeing why people would kind of be a little hesitant. And I think especially when we say the word miracle, that oftentimes, at least in my experience, has been tied to prayer and prayers being answered. And then that goes down a whole another rabbit hole of well, my prayer wasn't answered, miracles don't happen, therefore God doesn't exist. Like, you know, it's it's tricky. It is tricky. I guess, like, I suppose that's kind of my same reason. Like, I haven't witnessed a miracle happen. I'm not sure if I believe that they happen in the same way, like, I've never been visited by a demon. So, like, I don't really believe in demons either. I don't know if it, it's it's just coming down to, like, I don't have experience with this. So, and it seems mm-hmm. so far out there. That maybe I won't give credit to it or something. Yeah. We are kind of in this territory now, though, of like, here are the God-sanctioned miracles, magic tricks. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the witchcraft version that maybe the source is like you're being empowered by Satan or a lower demon or whatever. And that's the bad version Mm -hmm. is like, it depends on where your the power comes from. I don't know. I mean, like, that's a concept sure. in D&D, like clerics and warlocks and stuff. They have their patrons and their deities, and that's the source of their magic. So if they get disconnected from their deity, they don't have magic anymore. Like mm. the warlock, if he breaks his oath to his 
patron whatever, his magic can be taken away. You know, it's kind of an agreement they make, mm-hmm. a pact, you know. I mean, you just brought up a classic example of the uh, satanic panic that happened. Like, <gasps> so many Christian parents were, like, true. terrified oh, yeah. of their kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like, the classic Castles and Cauldrons episode from Adventures in Odyssey. Remember mm-hmm. that scaring the mm-hmm. bejesus out of me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And uh, what's so interesting to me about that is, like, it totally subscribes to John Piper's idea of, like, role play is just the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're mm-hmm. thinking about doing it, it's just as the same as doing it, which I guess is, like, uh, I hate to admit it, but, like, sort of in line with what Jesus was talking about with, like, anger and murder. Yeah. Sort of. But, like, it just presupposes that you believe those things can actually happen. Mm, right. True. Yeah. True. Whereas, like, I, I, I don't think I'll ever cast Fireball in my life, but I do as my wizard in this campaign, you know? Right. <laughs> I've also heard D&D, like, renounced on a few different levels. Like, the, the actual throwing of dice, like, the casting of lots, as the Bible calls it. Like, yes. people say, well, it's like gambling, so you shouldn't be doing that either. And it's also okay. something about like satanic magic and role play and like multiple sins in one. And all of it. Mr. Gygax, repent. Okay. He can't. He's dead. I mean, now. if but, you're going to you know. sin, you might as well go big. So, wow. From the pastor, um, even. From the pastor, she says that. <laughs> Good. Hey, this was, you know, you say that. I had someone tell me. You know, hey, before you get ordained, get all the things done that is against the book of discipline. Oh, so, like, smoke weed. Are you kidding and, me? And, like, all this other stuff. I am not joking. I'm not. Which I haven't. I've never smoked weed in my life, nor do I intend to. But it just cracked me up that someone suggested <laughs> that you just get it all done with and then you're good to go. <laughs> get it all done. I mean, like, that's that's very often how some people think about Witch. college or rumspringa, right? She's right. a witch. She said the word witch. She's a witch. Wow. Saying it's the exact same thing as doing it. She turned me into a newt. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. I. What were you about to say, Emily? <laughs> we varied. <laughs> we're all over the place. Down a rabbit hole. My, so uh, coming back to, I think the idea of magic and whether or not it exists is like one thing. However, mm. I think as people like just like as human beings there's something about magic that sparks curiosity that Mm. i think otherwise like christianity doesn't let me let me explain this so like as a kid you know you're you have an imagination and you're playing so like you come up with these different games that you play like i know i played wizards and witches and you know, like I would pretend to be Harry Potter characters when I was little and do all that. And I think I don't see myself, you know, and I don't see Thea growing up to be like, I'm going to be Dorcas and we're going to pretend that, you know, like maybe magic in that sense isn't bad. Like I'm not actually casting oh, spells you, like, okay. as a child. You mean like it's just a compelling story device? It is. Kind of? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think that a lot of Christians, for some reason, have like this. It's really similar to like the Harry Potter narrative. Ironically, I think a lot of Christians have this notion that like, well, magic slash the supernatural is real, and we're the good ones, and those ones who don't identify with Christianity are the bad ones. And so, anyone who dabbles in 
magic or supernaturalism. Like those are the actual bad witches, but we only call the bad witches witches. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like the notion that I grew up with. We're going to take a quick break to say a few thank yous. Then we'll be back to our conversation. Thank you to our generous patrons for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Y'all are such a huge encouragement to us. If you'd like to support future episodes of Ravel, visit patreon.com slash ravelpod or by tapping the link in the show notes. Thank you to everyone who is giving five-star ratings and thoughtful reviews on Apple Podcasts and to everyone who contributes to our weekly discussions at RavelPod on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, much love to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music in full color. And thank you to the Highline Media Network for having us as one of their founding podcasts. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, The Into Podcast. So today, I would like to play the God Committee game with you all. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I think that's pretty jacked up. I don't think a human... That's <laughs> 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 pretty messed yeah, up, that's dude. That's messed up. Dirt of Satan. And we will We're adjust. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Twisted, twisted <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. I play pretend dragons. with my family and decide mm-hmm. who lives and dies mm-hmm. on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't like how the universe or the world is created and the natural laws that apply, you tell me, how would you do it differently? I hate this. Great job. And now, back to the conversation. So then, like, were you allowed to participate in, like, trick-or-treating? Like, dressing up? Oh, no. Definitely not. Well, I mean, we did harvest parties at the church. We didn't do uh, trick-or-treating. That was a little too edgy. Oh, see, like, we could trick-or-treat. Like <laughs> Totally. Well, that's. Yeah. I think that's like the other thing that intrigues me is like, I even in America, I don't think there is any semblance of a universal Christian view on magic and the supernatural. It's just all over the place. It is, yeah. Is, okay, okay, is, okay, so Voldemort is called he who must not be named in Harry Potter. Is like, is magic the thing that Christians just should, don't talk about and don't name because they're afraid of it? Is it a fear thing? <gasps> That's what I'm wondering. Like, are we afraid that somebody actually I... has the power to do things that we can't? Yeah, I mean, that's totally valid. Or you think it's a complete sham. Like, I guess I don't know many Catholics and Orthodox, but I feel like this has been more, the like anti-magic view has been more common among Protestants, usually. Mm. And you don't like hear a lot about like super supernaturally focused Orthodox and Catholics like I've heard of some charismatic Catholics Mm. in my time but it's like less common at least okay yeah that's so I in my mind either you believe that the power is out there and it's like dangerous like be careful don't open the door or you just like don't talk about it because you just think it's silly and doesn't exist Mm. Mm -hmm. but to the Catholic point of view I mean like the Catholics are the people we think of when we think of like demonologists right or exorcisms and oh, oh that's a good point oh I didn't even think of that right and I or the whole abracadabra thing coming from the liturgy for a Eucharist yeah oh so I think at a certain point it does kind of blend together and it becomes this just big amalgamation of the supernatural the demonic the magical are all the same thing and don't get seduced by it Oh, I would also like to point out that I think it's been a 
a very unfortunate common mistake in Western white Christianity to assume that like any rituals that take place in other cultures that seem spiritually focused are somehow like demonic. Hmm. Or like that's also like a classic problem in anthropology and sociology, right? Like the like the hyper academicization of things in other cultures and you just like assume that they're like primitive or less than than your own. Like it's so ethnocentric. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head, but like the only one I can think of because I'm <laughs> very American focused is that like everyone knows someone who knows a missionary in Africa who's seen a shapeshifter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a weird you know, phenomenon for sure. It's super weird. Or like I actually know of some missionaries who like will do deliverance type ministry stuff, which might be like a whole nother conversation. But before they do, if they suspect that there is a demon attached to the situation, which I'm not sure what you look for cues on. How you test for that. Right. (laughs) Is there a checklist? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, there must be. Um, But as soon as they like detect that there might be a demon, they draw a line of salt around the room. Mm-hmm. which is the most um, new agey thing I've ever heard of. Like, where did you mm-hmm. ever get it in your head that like demons hate salt or something like they're frogs? Same with ghosts. Is that a ghost thing too? Yes. It's because that's the only rock that we eat. <laughs> no, that's, that's a stupid, <laughs> that's a stupid take. It's the only rock we eat. I don't know. Maybe that freaks them out. Like these humans are eating rocks. It tastes good. The rock tastes good. I'm not. <laughs> I'm never looking at salt the same way. It is. It's um, the only rock we eat. I was just, <laughs> I was going to kind of flip gears just a tiny bit. Go for um, it. Have you ever encountered a Wiccan before? Yeah, I did in high school and I told him I disagreed with his lifestyle. <laughs> no. I, I personally have not. Sorry. I'm so fascinated with the idea of Wiccanism, Wiccanitis. I, I don't know. Wiccanitis. That sounds like being a, a Wiccan. Because um, there is a difference between like black magic and white magic. Oh, is the only differentiation within the community like for good slash for bad or harm or something? Mm. Well, yeah, because like white magic is described as good magic, opposed okay. to black magic, which is. You know, draw black magic draws on the powers of evil beings, whereas like white magic or like good magic, they like worship creation mm. rather than the creator. So like they work towards <gasps> and have a passion for like Mother Earth, like nature, and they they call upon nature rather than Satan. Is forgive my ignorance, but is Wiccanism related to like Celtic Druidic practice? Because like that, that sounds Celtic to me, like the Celtic Druids worshiping the sun and the trees and the earth and the ocean. From and my understanding, yes. And then it was St. Patrick who came and said like, yeah, the sun is awesome, but let me tell you about what made it, you know, like worship that instead. Just like what you said, like yes. don't worship the created mm-hmm. thing, re- worship the one that created it. You know, and that's where Celtic Christianity really yeah. finds its root and why it's famously like still pretty nature focused, but it's all it's all mm-hmm. refocused in what Christians would call a healthy way, I guess. Right. Yeah. For some reason, it also makes me think of uh, the Wizard of Oz and the two witches. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Yeah. But yeah. that just brings me back to like Christians believe they are the good witches. 
Oh, and that all yeah. other like non-Christian magic is like black magic. Mm. So we are we are Glinda's, and everyone else <laughs> is Alphabuzz. Frankly, I would uh, rather be Alphabuzz. She has much me. better songs. That's just a fact. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? Ugh, so true. Josh, we're talking about Wicked, the musical. Steven, as a new member of the hashtag process party over there, do you think that if a Christian believes in the supernatural, even if it's just like God supernatural, like divine encounter type stuff, does that mean they are a part of the process party? I don't actually know. I, I, I would not dare to answer for the process party itself. But do you see where I'm making that connection? Well, may, I, I think so. Say more. Like, you, by like trying to evoke even God's supernaturalism, you are assuming that God the creator is going to interact within God's creation in a way that it like physically, tangibly changes something. Mm. Like, you're asking God to surpass cause and effect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I see where you're headed. But also by you like praying... Like you are believing that like God is doing something because of you can intervene if you believe that God is like causing the supernatural event. Right. Right. Huh. And that sounds a lot like process party to me, but like, I've never heard a Pentecostal talk about process philosophy. No, I don't think they would, but they all believe in there being a process of prayer for God mm. to interact in the world. Hmm. I don't know. That's very curious. That's an interesting connection. Hmm. What else intrigues you guys about magic and like Christianity's relationship to magic? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Is like I have had interesting encounters oh. with Christians who have done like like threshold anointings with oil. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. like I I had I had a friend offer to do that to my house a while ago when I mentioned that my wife was having a few nights in a row of nightmares mm-hmm. yeah and i just had never heard of that before but like i'm also thinking about the way christians will talk about like the demonic attaching themselves to items you know like i think of uh mm. uh what is it like the conjuring the with the annabelle doll right or even like yeah. I, I had i had this same guy he told me that my wife was probably having demonic type nightmares because I had a book of Mormon in the house <laughs> and that the demonic attaches itself to false scriptures. That's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so that was curious. I, like, uh, it's that. I totally forgot about threshold blessings. Have you done them? I've, I mean, my, I've seen many people do them. I've never done them. But like okay. that to me, like it feels like such a great example of like a Christian version of what most Christians would consider a pagan practice. Like that is yeah. so close to saging. It's so close. Yeah, it is. But most Christians that I've heard talk about like magic practice would be like, oh, saging is like, no, no, no. Right. But they probably draw a straight line to like using the blood of the lamb on Passover, right? I guess I've never actually heard anyone make that argument like cause the I mean that's, that's how do, how have you seen it done have you seen people make a cross with the oil yeah they made a cross with the oil on the door but then they just did it like with their thumb just a big smear across the top and that like reminded me a lot of the instructions for like if you don't want your firstborn killed when the 10th plague happens <laughs> bring the lamb in 
get attached to it, then kill it, then use its blood to like decorate your door, and the, the angel of death will pass over, you know? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. like a part of me doesn't want to discount like the meaning that people find in that. Like if you yeah. want to do that and totally. you find that as like a a great mm-hmm. way for you to like reorient to your space. I personally sure. believe that it is just a glorified placebo effect with a spiritual twist. But I also don't think that's wrong. Like, I don't think it's morally wrong to do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, in the same mm-hmm. way, I think I think me practicing like a rosary with prayer beads is probably the best of what a placebo has to offer me. And yet I still do it because I find meaning in it, you know. But it does right. affect you. It does affect me. Yeah. And the same people who get their... Yeah thresholds blessed with mm-hmm. extra virgin olive oil that you can get at Costco yeah. or whatever. Like I like, yeah. I mean like who am I to <laughs> mock that? I guess I am kind of mocking that my tone has been doing that this whole episode, but like, uh, that's a really good point. Like, man, if it does something for you, more power to you, I guess. Isn't there some, I don't know what this is, but I like have this inclination mm-hmm. that somewhere in the Bible, there's like, some reference about like people drawing on power and they didn't realize it was from God the whole time. Or am I making that up? Am I thinking of Narnia? <laughs> I mean, that that is basically uh... the third testament. So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> May- mm, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm not thinking of the Bible. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So along the, along the same lines of like magical items, Mm. I'm kind of thinking too. The Bible has. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of like Samson. Like for some reason, his hair is what gives him the power. Mm. Oh yeah, his totem. Which honestly, to me, I don't know if if I I don't know if I'm just making the connection that shouldn't be there. But like when in Thor Ragnarok, when they cut his hair when he gets captured on the trash planet, I was like, oh, it's Samson. Oh yeah. You know, I was like, oh cool. Cool. Like they're nodding at some other things. Cool deal. But or uh, in the New Testament, Paul and the scarves. Oh yeah! Oh, I totally forgot about that. I mean, well, and then do you want to talk about? And then you do want to talk about any kind of traditions of like, well, so first Jesus's robe that heals the woman who just touches the hem of his robe. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. the, uh, I mean, the Holy Grail, the Shroud of Turin, <sighs> all these items that went into like. The Dark Ages, right, into medieval history, and now we have, like, legends of Arthurian knights looking for the Holy Grail, because it gives them some sort Wait, of right? magic. Actually, I didn't even think about this earlier. Isn't that a part of Catholic canonization of a saint? Like, there yes. has to be, like, an item of some sort? Yeah, like a relic. A relic, mm-hmm. that's the name. Oh, yeah. And there's, oh, yeah. And you think about, like, the countless churches and places that hold on to said relics of said saints like oh it's so fascinating like oh this is the tooth of saint anthony or like this is the robe of saint jude or you know whatever the case may be like it's so fascinating right Uh, which is cool like i think that's super cool it is fascinating but like how is that any different than it all does have kind Harry of a Potter's vibe. Wand. Yeah, no, it, it all does kind of have a vibe of like if you collect all these items together, like the Deathly Hallows, then you're invincible. <laughs> <gasps> oh my gosh, they're Horcruxes. <laughs> That's funny. I will never look at relics the same way. Pretty, pretty crazy. Ever. Pretty crazy. 
See, look, I think it's super cool and like super honoring to do stuff like that, like to remember your history and to remember people who've come before you. But like, I personally don't believe that there's any sort of like magical ability tied to there, even if like there's quote unquote power via like inspiration. Like you saw a relic by some famous saint and you're like, oh, I want to be like them. Like that's totally an inspiring power, Mm. but that's not like, there's nothing to me that suggests that that's supernatural in any form. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I should just like be more honest with myself that I'm just super skeptical of anything supernaturally related. Yes, I agree. Like, <laughs> like even if like someone is like, quote unquote, calling on the dark powers to like harm other people. I'm like, well, I don't think those exist anyway. So <laughs> like, <laughs> I think you're doing you have nothing. no power <laughs> here is basically what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you have no power here because it doesn't exist. Like, unless you are actually doing physical harm to someone else, I don't actually think that you, like, trying to conjure stuff is, like, actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. It, it, it all does seem like it was pretty good shorthand for, like, I think of the way that Paul talks about the powers and principalities, right? Or, like, Satan being the prince of the air, as Jesus calls him. And, like, to me, part of that mm-hmm. is, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's nice shorthand, honestly, to probably call what we in modern day call like uh, deeply rooted and prejudiced systemic issues. You know, like it's not necessarily mm, totally. like mm, an individual mm-hmm. that we can point to and be like, this is the problem with capitalism. But we all like kind of see it, you know, and like right. in a in a pre-modern sense, maybe ascribing that to a demonic power or calling it something magical you know because we can't quite put our fingers Mm -hmm. on it you know it seems to be like outside of our five senses but we can all sense that it's there so maybe that's maybe that's just what magic was is Hmm. uh this is kind of a callback to our episode with kevin god loves fog machines but i've i've heard christians make the argument that anything that witchcraft is anything that tries to manipulate someone else and I have wondered if that is part of the reason why Christians don't like to talk about like psychological manipulation within churches. Mm. Ooh, boom, yes. Because by their own definition, that is witchcraft of some oh. kind. Like marketing is witchcraft. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I, I've just, I'm like in this conversation, I've been thinking about how like al- illusions and like magic tricks have existed for as far as we can tell millennia like there are some really old tricks that like we've found evidence of and they were certainly popular like during the growth of the church like people have used mm-hmm. like tricks for a long time like both to inspire and to like grift off of people mm. like betting games that like you actually didn't have a chance in yeah and i think like when it's done really well like when you see it on america's got talent or you like go see a magic show or you're watching youtube like it is beautiful and like it's inspiring in a way that like isn't specific towards like inspiring you towards something specific, but you just like walk like when it's done well, you walk away thinking like, wow, like that was amazing. Like, like I know it was real. Like they did it. But, like I have no idea. Like it, it feels like magic. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And like it feels inexplicable because it was like in like the part that made it accomplished was invisible to you. And I think that that's like the quote unquote magic of manipulation is like oftentimes you're unaware of it and there's like invisible forces at work or like seemingly invisible and i think that's why it's hard for christians to 
talk about the psychological and social manipulation that happens in church settings because, A, we don't like to admit it and there's like some baggage behind that word, kind of like we've talked about. But B, I don't think, as much as like a lot of Christians like to believe in the supernatural, I think a lot of them don't actually want to come off as like controlling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just kind of like the sense I get, at least. Do you kind of see the connection I'm making? Yeah. I think I'm kind of like with you, Josh, if like if magic, let's say it does exist. OK, if it's not harming anyone, then like, cool, we can we can coexist peacefully. Uh, but I think with anything else in life, if it's used to harm others, then like we as as Christians especially, are called to be above that and, like, seek out good in the world. I don't know, like, if Thea wants to dress up as a witch for Halloween and, like, we want to play games where, you know, she's a witch or whatever and, like, she wants to watch Harry Potter and read the books, like, by all means, she has my blessing to do that. Because it's not harming her. Like, it, it it's not harming anyone unless, like... <laughs> She decides that she's going to try to cast a spell on someone and then starts doing actual things to harm people in the name of Satan or whatever the case may be. Then, like, we have serious talking to, but I don't see any harm in magic. Like, I don't see any harm in in what magic provides. That sounds bad. <laughs> what magic provides. No, you brought up a good point about, like, uh, it doesn't have to be. Mm, like something can be harmful without being magic. Like things yeah. can be physically harmful. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you can do a lot of harm without magic. Like just because like you're trying to argue that magic is like causing harm somehow, some way. There are, like there are plenty of things that cause harm and magic is <laughs> yeah. not at all a part of it. Or even if like someone is somehow tying in magic to like their abuse. Like, I mean, as much as the satanic panic was like, completely overblown like of course people have like participated in quote-unquote magic rituals and like done harm in the process but like like we've done lots of other things that have caused harm in the process like exactly hi hello the crusades (laughs) i yeah i personally think magic is kind of cool and all the more power to you and in fact i think that if i was to encounter a wiccan because i i have encountered a wiccan many 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 years ago um but if i was to encounter one today you know i would like totally love to engage in conversation and to learn more about it because then that could just reinforce what i believe and i maybe could then have a distinction of okay what is considered magic and what's the difference between magic and a miracle and you know how do i how do i navigate things that i consider to be miracles but could really just be like really good magic tricks. Like there's just a lot that we could explore. And I think personally, you just have to do the work of figuring out what you believe and don't believe. And if it's life-giving, cool. If it's harmful, not cool. (laughs) Mm. Steven, what about you? What do you think, like, if you had to sum it up, like what is your perspective on magic? I'm working on a thought. I wonder if what we call magic is, you know, as corny as it can sound from whatever self-help books have been out there, like The Secret or whatever, like, is magic just another way we talk about 
uh, almost like manifesting the outcomes we want and like is it just a way to talk about how our thoughts have power and maybe we should pay attention to what our interior life is like in our minds because uh yeah i don't know like are will we just manifest what we put our energies into you know cuz like i'm i'm reading a book by elizabeth gilbert right now called big magic ironically and it's a <laughs> lot it's a lot to do with like the creative process right and the way people who create things to share kind of have to you know in her estimation we have to recognize that we're doing magic in a way because we're conjuring things that didn't exist before into existence like this very podcast feed is evidence of like in her mind the three of us did magic and we created something essentially out of nothing and it takes our consistent like mm. thoughts and energies to keep it sustained and keep it uh keep it growing and keep it almost as like its own living thing yeah part of me feels like it is somewhat just like a language thing like we yeah. could totally describe this podcast as like yeah we uh we have like a small coven and we uh get together to do our weekly rituals uh which manifests our spells mm. it's like it, in some ways like i'm also thinking about like the entrepreneurial spirit like kind of like what you're getting at with the creativity thing like you just like <laughs> manifest is just like another word for make it happen <laughs> yeah yeah it's true and like and I think you're kind of right. I kind of like it's in the language, even calling it an entrepreneurial spirit. Like we're invoking something, maybe what we call supernatural, but calling it a spirit of some sort is like, I mean, maybe mm. could be. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I also think of um, spiral dynamics more and the purple stage, which does ascribe a lot of what we see in the world to magic. And hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, magic is another way to talk about mysticism. And I guess I like to describe myself as somewhat of a Christian, like mystic type, just because I've had those experiences in prayer or meditation that I really cannot explain and certainly feel magical, even in my memory, you know, hmm. it's actually why I chose Highline's colors from Spiral Dynamics and I, why I liked purple in the middle is because I think there's probably a lot more magic in the world than we give it credit for. Hmm. I like that. That's a high note. Well, happy to <laughs> deliver, my friend. I charmed you. That's my hex. My charm. <laughs> my spells. We cast enough <laughs> charms on the people who decided to give us money at patreon.com slash ravelpod. And now, yeah, we, we have our little coven. <laughs> That's funny. Is that it? That's Is that really what funny. we're saying? And if you don't, we will curse you. <laughs> no. No. Okay, no, that's what gets me too. Is like Christians totally believe in curses. They totally do. That's very yeah, true. Jesus curses a fig tree. Yeah. I mean, case in point, yeah. And maybe that was just mm. Jesus doing mm -hmm. the secret mm -hmm. like manifestation type. <laughs> huh. Put enough negative energy toward a tree that doesn't have any fruit and yeah, it might die. That's like actually that actually does remind me of uh plant studies I've heard of where they'll play like Beethoven and Mozart to some plants and then play like heavy metal music and stuff. And the, <laughs> and the plants who listen to metal music or even like some studies where the people will just like berate the plants and those plants don't thrive as much. Mm -hmm. Is that magic? Are we doing magic yes. in science? Yes. Is science yes. magic? <laughs> it's, oh, that's a weird yes. note. 
is science magic. In some ways, in some ways, certain parts of science do seem magical. I mean, like what we call chemistry today was probably called alchemy a few hundred years ago. Right. I mean, you brought up Thor earlier, like the great Thor said, you call it science. We call it magic. Yeah. That was a pretty decent Thor voice. Thank you. You're welcome. The accent wasn't quite there, but we'll give you a pass. It on wasn't that. quite there. It Thank you, though, there, for the compliment. It was not quite a Hemsworth, but <laughs> it was the best I could manifest at the time. Okay, I feel nice. like we're just riffing now. Um, do we have any final thoughts about magic or um, like Christians in magic or uh, the 10 best ways for Christians to create mm. Jesus-approved spells or... I don't. I feel like all my spell slots are tapped until I get a long rest. Excellent. Yeah. That was a D&D joke for you. I'm, I'm still of the opinion that none of it exists. All right. Physically. That's fine. Like as an actual like tangible scientific thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you have faith like a mustard seed, you could tell a mountain to move and it would. So <sighs> we're definitely Magic. riffing now. We should probably, Emily, do you, <laughs> can you think of some weird way to close this out? Whether you're dabbling in double double toil and trouble or looking at the miracles of Jesus, the world of magic and faith is fascinating. And it's something that we are all exploring together. For the longest time, I thought that I could ask the Holy Spirit to tell me, like for me to, I mean, magic people will call it divination, for the Holy Spirit to tell me if a coin was heads or tails, if it was covered. Oh, oh my gosh. I used and to. And I was right most of the time. Well, I mean, you did have a And then, of course, when I was wrong, I was like, well, I heard incorrectly. Right. It's an interpretation problem. My faith right. wasn't right. My faith wasn't right. It was tails. Dang it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the Into Podcast, where we seek to insight, insight, pursuing truth for the sake of wonder. Meet my parents. That's, That's us. us. I'm Pops. I'm the cotton candy queen. My wife, Katie. Hello. My best friend, Kevin. Am I the best friend or the wife? And me, Alex. Hey. Join us to have an honest and encouraging conversation about whatever it is that we're into. Highline Media Network, artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.